5: Nice and clean, execute our race for a thousand position. Got to be there at the end. Yep, copy that. Have a nice, smooth day
6: and
4: got to be there when it counts. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live.
7: Kevin Harvick wins the Real Heroes 400 at Darlington Raceway. <laughs> it
4: was the
6: perfect pit call that put Hamlin out front and then Denny took it from there.
4: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our string. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike
1: Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the MRN crew here with you for yet another get-together, a get-together That will involve the cast and crew of the Motor Racing Network. We're going to break down the top stories of 2020, and there were a lot of them. There's a lot to cover, so let's get to it.
4: Now, here come NASCAR's top stories of 2020 on NASCAR Live. Ryan Newman's horrific Daytona 500 crash.
6: Checkered flag is waving at the start-finish line. Who will get here first? Newman down! Oh, he's gonna get turned! Ryan Blaney! Denny Hamlin across the line! Denny Hamlin will go back-to-back! Newman flipping
7: across the start- finish line! A violent crash right short of the start-finish line. Ryan Newman's car got turned head-on into the outside safer barrier. Car went straight up into the air, flipped wildly. When it was coming back down to earth, it was absolutely tattooed by another car passing newman's car upside down right now at the exit of pit road
1: now back to mike bagley well the season began in daytona 2020 got kicked off with very dramatic fashion ryan newman's horrific crash at daytona coming to the checkered flag jeff you had the call of that what was going through your mind when you made that call
6: well, I'll tell you, Mike, I was hoping that that Alex was able to watch what was happening with Ryan Newman because as the crash unfolded, quickly getting away from the crash scene was the battle for the lead and for the win between Ryan, or excuse me, between Denny Hamlin and Ryan Blaney. Uh, after I called them coming across the line in in the peripheral vision, I saw Ryan Newman's car tumbling across the line. And I pretty much just looked over to Alex Hayden, who picked the ball up and carried it on from there. But I think, and Alex, I think I can use one word, shock, in thinking back at what it was like at that particular moment.
7: Yeah, and it became one of those scenarios where the thrill of a photo finish of the sport's biggest race of the year, the Daytona 500, turns into absolute concern for Ryan Newman.
1: Well, I think one of my big takeaways was I was on the backstretch and I was following the cars coming around three and four. And when Jeff picked it up and just the intensity of the call, I couldn't see it. I couldn't see anything that happened. So I'm going on what was going on in my headset. And Jeff, your call and the intensity of it and the way you just had that moment, it, it, it indicated to me that It was something out of the ordinary, that it was something that obviously was very, very dramatic and could have had dramatic consequences.
6: I think we all thought it was going to have very dramatic and not very friendly consequences. I remember, and Alex, maybe you do too, we were going through the rundown. And I'm going to kind of fast forward here on you just a little bit, Mike. We, We didn't know what the situation was with Alex. I think we assumed the worst. We could see things that were going on that maybe other people couldn't see. And it just didn't look very good. And I remember Alex, and maybe you do too, going through the running order the final time before we signed off. And I had Newman, you know we you know, uh, let's say Alex had one through ten, and I've got 11 through twenty, and so on and so forth, down the line. And I, I came across Ryan Newman, and I remember vividly my voice cracking, like this is this is just not going to be. The daytona 500 that we all wanted it to be and then if you all remember we all gathered uh, almost as a family colleagues yes but a motor racing network family we gathered in the
7: lobby of the hotel yeah and sat around and waited it was the not knowing uh which was the the toughest thing to to deal with and the way that The MRN booth is at Daytona, much like every racetrack we go to. Race control is adjacent to our booth, and it's only separated by a pane of glass. They can see into our booth with no problem. We can see into their race control booth with no problem, and we knew. Uh, how severe things were and just how scary things were and unsure everything was and you're right when we got back to the hotel after calling the race still not knowing what was going on and the first words that started to to, to leak from the Halifax hospital about Ryan Newman's awake he's alert he's talking with the, the rescue people that was all of us took a, a big sigh of relief and we're able to just kind of sit back and just kind of take it in there say, okay Obviously, Ryan's going to be okay. We don't know the extent of the injuries, but we knew he was at least talking and communicating, and he was alive, and that was all that we could ask for at that moment. But it was it was surreal, and it was one of those moments that we'll just never forget.
1: Rusty Wallace, you were there as well. What do you remember seeing?
3: I think what stood out to me when Ryan crashed was how violent it was. Uh, and we're up in the booth announcing a race, and I look down, and when I see him, the car spins a certain way, and then he gets hit right in the driver's window – uh, that was something I hadn't seen in a long time. And that, that really frightened me, you know, for him. And uh, that was one deal. And But then the other shot that we saw was when all the, the liquid was coming out of the back of the car. And you couldn't tell if it was gasoline or what it was. And you're just waiting for a big ignition. And that didn't happen. But um, that was probably moment number two. And then moment number three, which I only had three moments watching him, was um, was it it felt. Like a long time to get the car uprighted on its feet and get him out of there, but it was. Uh, in in summary, I just say that it was just so violent. Everything was just so violent. It wasn't a normal wreck or a crash. It was like get rammed in the door and then liquids coming out of the back, and then you can't get it uprighted, and you're like, oh my gosh, when's this nightmare going to stop? You know, because we're so accustomed to seeing somebody just jump out of the car, but uh, it, it was amazing how he was able to walk out of that hospital after that wreck looked so violent you know and, and it was just rumor city everywhere about what was going on with him and nobody really knew
1: we've got more on the top stories of 2020 coming up right here on NASCAR Live
0: progressive presents the sounds of the old world the year is 2019 and someone is waiting for the previews to start in a movie theater hey you want anything popcorn soda no, nothing. This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019.
8: Quote today at progressive.com, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
5: It's a 400 mile thrill
9: ride. Look at the 76 on the low side. Four, three, two, one, green. green.
5: In a sport where numbers matter, some are more important than others. We're reducing emissions by 43% with Sunoco Green E15 Biofuel. Thousands of trees have been planted in reforestation efforts, and millions of plastics and cans are recycled every day. See how you can help NASCAR reduce its numbers on the environment by visiting nascar.com green today.
1: We've got more of the top stories of 2020 coming up. First, this is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
6: For more than 80 years, Detroit Diesel has been the legendary driving force powering Freightliner and Western Star trucks across North America. Through our state-of-the-art Detroit technologies and components and safety systems, we've earned our customers' trust as a reliable business partner dedicated to improving their bottom line. It's no wonder they continue to depend on Detroit to keep them safe and efficient on
5: the road. When you demand it all, demand Detroit. Clutch Coffee Bar in Mooresville, North Carolina is redefining the drive-thru coffee game in
1: Race City, USA. The Clutch experience is fast, friendly, and delicious. Clutch Coffee Bar offers signature lattes and mochas, custom-flavored infused energy drinks, smoothies, and more. You can also order our signature
5: Clutch Coffee beans
1: online and have them shipped directly to you. Go to clutchcoffeebar.com or visit our two locations in Mooresville, 356 Williamson Road and 154 West Plaza Drive. Power up today with Clutch Coffee Bar.
4: NASCAR's top 2020 stories continue on NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
1: Thank you for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live. We've got the cast and crew of the Motor Racing Network with us this week, talking Ryan Newman and his horrific crash in the Daytona 500. Alex Hayden, the happy ending of this story was actually two days later when we saw a photo of Ryan walking out of the hospital barefooted and holding his daughter's hands.
7: Yeah, Mike, powerful is is a word you can use to describe that photo. You can also uh, throw in the, the, the huge exhale, the sigh of relief, not just from all of us who were there at the racetrack, fans, participants, broadcasters, whatever the case, but everybody listening to the Motor Racing Network, everybody that watched the Daytona 500, everybody seeing that photo that starts to get released and circulated around, I think everybody had this huge sigh of relief that, Wow. Okay. Yeah. He's he's okay now, and I can see for my own self that Ryan Newman is okay now because he's walking out of the hospital. Powerful picture.
1: Dave Moody.
9: I, I was stunned, honestly, and it it happened, you know, within. Within 12 hours, really, the next morning we had gotten reports that, that he was awake and alert and conscious and did not have any serious injuries, and it just kind of made you shake your head, you know, and, and look skyward and send up some thanks because that was uh, not many years ago at all. That was not the kind of wreck that people the, the kind of wreck that people walked
10: away from. Kurt Becker, seeing that picture. Uh, I had been at Daytona 19 years earlier when Dale Earnhardt had lost his life, and that was the type of picture we all would have liked to see. Then, but when you saw that picture, the thing that struck me was the fact that if you think back about the drivers, such as Dale Earnhardt, or going back to when I was a kid, Tiny Lund, who lost his life at Talladega, that over the years the safety initiatives that have been developed, that that there, this was not in vain in these situations. That. As regrettable as they were, something positive did emerge from them. One of the things that's always stuck in my mind about that 2001 Daytona 500 was hearing our own Winston Kelly talk to Dale Earnhardt Jr. on pit road after the race. And as I recall, Dale Jr. had asked Winston on the air, have you, have you heard an update on my dad? And it, it really hit me heading home once the news had come out. Uh, about how quickly life circumstances can, could change be, because his dad wasn't coming back. But in this case, what a tremendous thing for those little girls walking out of that hospital with their father. And I'm sure it means uh, a great deal to them now. And it will continue to mean even more and more to them as they grow older and they look back on that situation. And again, it's a wonderful thing in terms of the safety initiatives that have been developed in the course of these last, particularly these last 20 years. We've got more of the top stories of 2020 coming up.
3: Rusty Wallace here for Blue EMU Maximum Pain Relief. This pain cream is the official pain cream of NASCAR for a reason. It works fast and you won't stink. There's no messy, greasy, nasty feel, or any stinging or burning here. This is pure pain relief. Don't run your engine on Octane 89. Get the good stuff and meet me in Victory Lane. Blue EMU works fast and you won't stink.
1: Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR.
3: Jeff Gordon has come
0: from virtually nowhere. He's one of NASCAR's all-time greats.
3: For the 93rd
6: time in his career.
0: A pioneering champion. Be at the right place at the right time. The kid who took on the good old boys and changed NASCAR. We started to go toe-to-toe from Earnhardt. MRN presents a 10-part podcast series that traces Jeff Gordon's rise to NASCAR legend. Jeff Gordon, the colorful career of the Rainbow Warrior. Available now at MRN.com and your favorite podcast source. We've
1: got more of the top stories of 2020 coming up. First, this is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
4: the digestive health properties into a single patented product. Praxit also comes in easy-to-carry packs. Praxit relieves, restores, and maintains a healthy digestive system. Praxit is available here for only $39.95. Shipping and handling is free, and your money back is guaranteed. To take advantage of this special radio offer, call now,
6: 1-800-829-5688. That's 1-800-829-5688. Again,
4: 1-800-829-5688. NASCAR's top 2020 stories continue on NASCAR Live. COVID-19 forces America and NASCAR to fly the red flag.
1: Let's transition now. We go from Daytona. We have three more races after Phoenix. When Joey Logano took the checkered flag, we then headed off to the Atlanta Motor Speedway and that it was on that Friday that followed that Phoenix race that our lives and the sports life would change for at least 70 days. Jeff, I'll begin with you. What were you thinking when you got word the following Friday that the season had been put on hold because of the coronavirus pandemic?
6: I remember specifically, Mike, talking to Alex over the course of California and Phoenix, and we knew that, that this was something that, that could obviously happen, and it could happen very quickly I think it happened quicker than what we may have thought. Um, all of a sudden, we're racing and we're off to a tremendous start to the 2020 season. We really were. And then all of a sudden, we're just done. Um, I, I think it's hard to put into words, don't you, Alex? We, we were moving and, and everything was just clicking. And while we, we knew something was happening, we had no idea to what extent it really was going to, how it was going to play out.
7: Yeah, nobody knew the magnitude or the gravity of, of this virus and, and what was coming in the few days afterwards. But uh, I, I think it became very real and very, uh, very attention-worthy when the NCAA canceled all the tournaments. And, and, and we started thinking, wow, what, what's going on? Because whether you watch the news or not watch the news, whatever the case may be, you knew something was going on. But to see those types of drastic measures... And NASCAR saying, no, no, we're going to race. Let's load the haulers up. And if you remember, all the transporters started making their way towards Atlanta Motor Speedway when the call came down and said, no, pack it up, go home. Uh, we're on hold right now. And, and all of us, I think, were in the same boat. We're like, wow, this is this is unprecedented. This is something that none of us have ever experienced before. What's happening? How are we going to handle this? What are we going to do as a sport? Uh, unprecedented is just the word that just keeps coming to mind.
1: During that COVID pandemic break, there are a lot of things that happened, including iRacing taking center stage. Networks began to carry that. We've had Fox and NBC um, jump in there and get into the iRacing business. That bridged a gap, and I think that also accentuated, Alex, the importance of this simulator that fans can race along
7: with active drivers and former drivers alike. Yeah, iRacing's been around for years and years and years. I mean, a lot of us have, have been a participant on iRacing.com for a long, long time. But I think once things shut down the, and, and people were starving for something to do, people were quarantined in their homes. And then I think that goes double, even triple more so for television networks. They have all these plans in place for live sports content they just simply didn't have and they found an opportunity to bring live sports, albeit virtual, live sports back out there. And the competitors, yeah, they they have a competitive fire. They wanted to be a part of it. I think it became something uh, big and and launched an idea of of what could happen as far as if you just put your mind together with everybody else and figure out what you can do to try to keep going forward how can you bring some sort of normalcy in in an abnormal time and i tip my cap to all the competitors i tip my cap to iracing.com and and certainly the television networks because we we put video games i guess you can call it into the mainstream esports, if you will the virtual world mainstream because it always lived out there and it's huge i'm not discrediting that it's always been huge but to be able to now televise it on network tv That took it to a whole different level. And I think that has continued to grow. And now we have the Coca-Cola iRacing series. We have a lot of different series out there that are all virtual that so many people are getting the opportunity to be a part of. And they're still getting broadcast, not necessarily on Fox or NBC, but they're still broadcast, live broadcast of these types of events.
1: Dave Moody?
9: iRacing was the ultimate example of being in the right place at the right time because our season got shut down quite honestly, at that point in time, a lot of us were pretty, pretty unsure that we were even going to get back to racing again that year. Things were that serious. And the iRacing, you know, wasn't exactly the same. It wasn't like going to the racetrack and, you know, having a couple of beers on the boulevard at Talladega, but it was a heck of a lot more than we had, you know, and it was just, it was just enough at just the right time. Kim Kuhn.
11: I give NASCAR a lot of credit for using the iRacing platform to keep fans engaged. And not only fans, you know, people were hungry for sports in general. So I think it brought in just some casual fans or or people that hadn't heard about NASCAR. Because, again, everybody wanted some sort of competition to be watching. But I was actually a little shocked at how engaged the drivers got with it. They got very competitive. A lot of them set up these crazy rigs. You had everything from kind of haphazard setups. Like I think Timmy Hill had a very cheap one to the setup that Denny Hamlin had, which was what I would consider state-of-the-art top of the line. Yet, you know, all sorts of drivers ended up winning those races. I thought it was great for the sport. And, you know, I hope that they continue to carry on in years to come.
1: Woody Kane, did you get into the iRacing competition? Oh, I had to be into it. I was uh, right in the thick of it because that was some of the only
2: content we were getting at that point. The access we had to drivers was through iRacing. But the two things that jump out to me, one, Kim mentioned Timmy Hill with a minimalist setup. He won. Don't forget that. He won. He didn't have a multi-thousand-dollar rig, and he won. And the other one that jumps out at me is Denny Hamlin at Talladega. Looks like he might win, and suddenly his daughter powers his system down right in the middle of it, and he finishes last. How about that? It was crazy. It was a time when any live competition, there was such a hunger for it that people were all about it, and it really carried us through that dry spell.
1: We'll talk more about the lockdown next as we look back on the top stories of 2020.
8: For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Hey, this is Steve Post, the Postman with MRN. You've heard the jingle, I've heard the jingle, and I tried a premium Queen MyPillow. I've also tried the mattress topper and bed sheets as well, and I am sleeping like a champion. Right now, go to MyPillow.com, use promo code MRN, and they will take $40 off each pillow. That's down to $29.98, a small price to pay for a great night of sleep. And there's no limit on this offer, so get multiple pillows for yourself, and for those you love, they make great Christmas gifts. A good night's sleep makes life simply better, and this is the lowest price ever. Again, go to MyPillow.com, use promo code MRN, or call 800-893-0986. That's MyPillow.com. Use promo code MRN, or call 800-893-0986. Don't delay. Order now. We've
1: got more of the top stories of 2020 coming up. First, this is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
4: The 1993 Cup Series season had more than its fair share of twists and turns. Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin had a problem here yesterday, got together. That's
1: Dale
3: Earnhardt. He shouldn't have even been messing with me in the first place, and so I flipped the script on him, and what does he do?
7: Wipe us out.
4: Here's stories you've never heard before in a 10-part series called The 1993 Season. So Dale comes over, and I said, what did Mark say? He said he wouldn't talk to me. So Mark goes on to win four races in a row after that. You can download it for free on iTunes and at MRN.com right now.
1: When you're on the go, missing the side-by-side action at the racetrack isn't a problem.
9: Here comes Logano on the high side. He drives it deep into turn
1: number two. Motor Racing Network brings the NASCAR race to you, wherever you are, so you don't miss one lap of the excitement.
7: Denny Hamlin has won the 61st edition of the Daytona 500.
1: You are the man, DH. The power of radio to the imagination of the listener. Tune in to the Motor Racing Network. Visit MRN.com for an affiliate list in your local area.
4: Wheeland would like to recognize MRN veteran Kurt Becker. He is the Wheeland Crew Member of the Week. According to Dave Moody, Becker is as professional
9: as they come. Kurt's probably the most talented guy on our roster. He's an an absolute renaissance man. He's one of the premier horse racing play-by-play guys on the planet. He's earlobe deep in the Barrett-Jackson Auto Auction. He's the guy that describes the car and tells you what it's got in it for an engine and who built it and he who rebuilt it before he hands things over to the auctioneer. Uh, w- when he's got a spare minute, he comes here and calls the Daytona 500 for us. He's the only guy I know that can come in once every six or eight weeks and sound like he's been on the job every single
4: day. On the road, in the air, and around the world. Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley.
1: Another thing that happened during that pandemic break was the Kyle Larson situation. Easter weekend, when he uttered a racial slur in an online event, and then the dominoes fell after that, that would lead him being indefinitely suspended from NASCAR. He would eventually find his way back. I would say that was one of the more surprising issues, and and I had to double-check to make sure it was right. I, I had to understand what happened and the reaction from that. I didn't see one of our drivers during this downtime getting fired from his job because of something that happened, unfortunately, in that online arena. Alex, what do you think?
7: You know, it's crazy because I was actually broadcasting that event when when that took place. And obviously it happened, uh, those words were uttered on his stream. So it didn't didn't necessarily go in our broadcast as it was going along there. But my phone started going off. I'm sitting at this very setup that I'm at right now with the headset on and I'm broadcasting this eSports race and my phone's blown up. What in the world did Kyle Larson do? He's going to he's going to lose his job. He's going to throw his entire career away. And I'm thinking to myself as I'm reading this and trying to focus on what's going on, it's like, what is happening here? I, I, I just, I'm calling Kyle Larson on this video right now. And uh, obviously, once we wrap up our e-broadcast and that virtual broadcast, I go back and start looking around, and it's clips out there on YouTube everywhere immediately uh, of what took place, and I was just shocked. I, I, I truly was shocked, but it was certainly a turning point, and I think it was a much bigger turning point, not just for Kyle Larson, but I think for our sport as a whole. I think our sport changed right then and there because it became mainstream because I think it was the perfect storm. As we talked about, nothing else was going on. There was no other sports. There's no, everybody's quarantined. Nothing's happening. So the focus is strictly on that. And I think it gave everybody in our sport the opportunity to look in the mirror and say, we've always had this stereotype attached to NASCAR racing. And this is an opportunity. While Kyle Larson had to pay a a stiff penalty for, for it, and rightly so, it was an opportunity for everybody to look in the mirror right wrong or indifferent and say you know what we as a sport need to get rid of this this is this is why there is a stereotype in our sport and I think with the leadership with Steve Phelps and everybody at NASCAR to the entire industry and all the stakeholders everybody in the garage everybody in the broadcast arena everybody said that this is enough that is enough we as a group have to do something and we have to change Jason Toy my first reaction when i
2: saw how things happened was oh no i mean uh, please don't let that happen and it did happen you know and kyle uh, owned up to it kyle went through the process and trying to go through the process of earning respect back from everybody uh, that he had lost and some of the uh, relationships that got hurt and you know just relationships with the community as well and but when it first happened it was like oh no and it was one of those things of coming back from it you know everybody loves to have a comeback and this is the ultimate comeback opportunity for Kyle Larson to be able to do that and he's made amends on everywhere he's he's needed to do and he's gone above and beyond what he's needed to do as well and I thought he gave a great interview to James Brown from CBS here a couple of weeks ago about a month or so ago and uh, really kind of showcasing the things that he has done and the remorse that he has felt about it and you know it's great to be able to, to, to have Kyle come back and it's also great to know that he learned a lot and taught a lot of people lessons of uh, of that unfortunate incident that happened.
8: Steve Post. As much as we as America love to kick people when they're down, and especially we see that in our society and our culture now, as Americans and sports fans, we love overcoming. We love second chances. We had a really unique ride with Kyle during this summer with our Wing Nation program because that's where he went. He went to our sprint car world. And we would dial him up on a Tuesday just to talk about the race at Port Royal and the race here and the race there. And we would always end it with, do you want to get back to NASCAR? And we followed his evolution with, I haven't thought about it, to I would like to do it, to all of a sudden the wheels started to turn. So while they were turning on the NASCAR side of it, I had a couple opportunities to catch up with Kyle during the summer, and they were turning on the I guess enlightenment of it, um, the gravity of the mistake that he made, the importance of the mistake that he made. This guy went way, way to so many places to talk to so many people about the racial strife that we have in our country. Incident slip up happened during Easter. And then we had the George Floyd incident in our society and the world went crazy. And he took all of it as an opportunity to educate himself and to become a better person in that category of life and thinking in the way it is. He he went to George Floyd's grave privately. He went to a lot of these things privately and did a lot. So I am really not – once we got midway through the summer and I knew what Kyle was doing and and listened to some of the things that he had learned and some of the lessons and some of the talking – I thought you know there's a chance he might get another shot at this thing. He might just get another chance. And he's out there winning races also. And 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 we can talk about it all we want. Winners winners get attention and he won a ton of sprint car races. He was the talk of the sprint car world. So Privately, he was doing what he needed to do behind the scenes, publicly he was needing what to do what he did to keep his name out there you couldn't you couldn't open speed Sport news without Kyle Larson being all over it and I know we're in a different era than speed sport news, but there's still importance of of the 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 racing news cycle that we have and so consequently i think um as we got further into the fall i'm thinking you know there's a chance he could get back in this and then when we started to see the musical chairs game go and all of a sudden there's a seat at hendrick motorsports and um i just think that ultimately it really worked out well for him and uh, quite the quite the year in the life of kyle larson that's for sure
1: also during the lockdown, NASCAR pushed back the rollout of the next-gen race car from 2021 to 2022. Kyle Ricky, I'll start with you on this one.
5: You got one shot to get it right. And, you know, there was a very extensive testing schedule laid out for this new car. It had already begun. There were a couple of tests late last year and during the offseason before 2020. Um I think the delay is, is probably the only option in this case, uh, you know, at that we we spent three months just trying to get back to racing, uh, and get back to 2020 competition with the current car and the current schedule. It would have been almost impossible to roll out the, the, the next gen car for 2021, because again, you only have one shot to get it right. And, uh, you need as much testing, as much data as possible testing has since resumed and i think we're we're in really good shape for 2022 and i think it was it was a great call by nascar and i think it was the only call that they could make
1: you're listening to the top stories of
0: 2020 on nascar live more coming up
4: Check out MRN.com for a podcast series called The Tough Trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking. We'll take you back to some great races.
9: Here they come. They're crashing in the back at the line. Mike Skinner
0: wins it.
4: Some wild moments.
0: Brendan Gaughan gets turned around and slams hard into the
10: inside retaining wall.
4: And the stories that go with them. We lost the championship, but there was a lot of ugly things that went on behind the scenes and did a lot of friendships, actually, to this day. Download the shows for free on iTunes and at MRN.com.
1: We've got more of the top stories of 2020 coming up. First, this is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
0: Citywide to countryside Whatever you drive, wherever you go Hercules Tires has the value Selection and industry leading Warranty to get you there No matter where the road takes you Go to HerculesTire.com There you can find the nearest Authorized Hercules retail location To you, plus you can use The tire tracker to find out Which Hercules tire fits your vehicle The best, that's HerculesTire.com Hercules Tires Ride on our strength
3: You might think your old vehicle is nothing more than a piece of junk, but to children in our racing communities, your vehicle can help them live happier and healthier lives. Join others in your community. Put your vehicle to good use and donate it today. It's easy. We'll pick it up for free. Act now to have your car, truck, boat, or other vehicle towed and auctioned off. You'll get a tax deduction, and the NASCAR Foundation gets the proceeds all for the kids. Call 844-NASCAR-9 today. That's 844-NASCAR-9.
4: NASCAR's top 2020 stories continue on NASCAR Live.
11: We've been out of the race car, off the racetrack for two months. We come to Darlington.
4: Clear of a national lockdown, NASCAR carefully returns.
9: A little dose of normalcy here this afternoon in the South Carolina and in the state of South Carolina. You'd have to go all the way back, really, to World War II to find a dearth of motorsports like we've been
7: through. Green flag goes in the air, and the NASCAR Cup Series is reopened.
1: Now, back to Mike Bagley. The return to racing after the lockdown, 70 days between cup races and that first race back was at Darlington Raceway. Alex, you were in the booth that night uh, or that day with uh, with Dave Moody. What was it like going back to the racetrack after being silent for 70 days and going back with no fans in the stands?
7: It was first and foremost, it was a bit of apprehension because you weren't sure what to expect. We knew about all the protocols that were in place, lots of communication from NASCAR, and that's the leadership part of it, on the medical side of things, where you needed to go, how we're gonna screen, all these protocols in place, and then to drive up to Darlington Raceway, a track where as you start to approach the, the raceway, you start seeing motorhomes and campers and tents and everything in people's front yards the closer you get to the racetrack. And that air of NASCAR racing at, at Darlington, South Carolina, there was nothing. It was just a normal day when you arrived. It's just a racetrack sitting there. The thing that was most iconic about all of that that, that I'll never, ever forget is the checkered flag flies, The cars all go to pit road. You open up the back door to the broadcast booth and you can hear birds chirping. There's just nothing. There's no sound anywhere. Um, It was strange and it was surreal, but you know what? That was the first step to getting our sport back to where it needed to be.
1: And we returned on May 17th. And from the span of May 17th to November 8th, that was 176 days. We ran 84 races between cup, Xfinity, and truck. Jeff, that's amazing. We were doing things we'd never done before. We're racing in the middle of the week, no practice, no qualifying. And we got back on schedule, ended the season on schedule. It was amazing that once we returned in the middle of May, we basically buried the throttle to the floorboard and never lifted till almost the middle of November.
6: I think it was remarkable what NASCAR was able to do in that particular time. They had a plan, they executed it perfectly even though we were all a part of it. But stepping back and looking at it from afar, the way that NASCAR had everything laid out for drivers, crew members, media, NASCAR officials was absolutely perfect. And it took us, like you said, as we got back to the month of September, we were back on track
9: and finished our season on schedule.
1: Dave Moody, what do you remember about returning at Darlington?
9: It was the strangest thing ever. And, you know, I remember when we ran the first race and the, the winner climbed out of the car in victory lane and did what they always do, you know, jump up on the top of the door and thrust their arms skyward and celebrate. And there wasn't even golf applause. I mean, it was just silence. And everybody just kind of looked around at each other and said, okay, we're back to racing, but this isn't as much fun as the old way.
1: Kim, you worked the pits that week in Darlington. What was your experience like in the pits?
11: I was very strict. Everybody had to wear a mask that covered your nose and mouth, and I don't recall seeing anybody that did not follow that, at least for the races I was at. Um, To Woody's point, we had to first actually answer a questionnaire a couple of days the day before, we went to the track to make sure we weren't symptomatic or weren't in contact with anybody that had symptoms. Once we got approval after filling out that questionnaire, when we got to the racetrack, they asked us again, you know, since you answered those questions, have you had any symptoms pop up? Have you been in contact with anybody that has had COVID? In addition to that, we had our temperatures checked. Then we were allowed into the racetrack, and it was very much social distance from them, which... When you're working pit road is extremely different. And if you've seen photographs, obviously we're a radio network, but if you've seen photographs, we have a completely separate mic stand that the driver uses when we're interviewing them either before or after the race.
1: Dave, a lot of things changed after the lockdown.
9: Well, we tried a lot of things by necessity that we had never quite as a sport dared to try before doubleheader weekends and midweek racing at Martinsville. And, and, uh, you know, going out onto the racetrack without practice or qualifying by the end of the season, that was that was kind of old hat and nobody worried about it. But I remember going back to Darlington for that first race after the shutdown. There were a lot of people that were really concerned. I mean, really worried about sending a pack of cars steaming off into turn one at Darlington Raceway of all places without a single lap of practice or qualifying.
1: Rusty, I know you were pretty surprised that NASCAR stopped all practice and qualifying sessions during the race weekend.
3: I can't imagine that you're going to leave the shop you fire the car up in the shop you do some chassis dyno work you do your final setup and everything is perfect and you put it in the truck then you go through go to the track and you go through your uh, your checks you know with nascar and you roll it right out on the track and you bomb it down the corner at 200 miles an hour and it sticks and it doesn't leak oil and nothing goes wrong and it doesn't hit the bottom of the track and i was just waiting for this massive mess to happen at the first Darlington comeback into turn one. I said, I told my wife, I said, be real quiet because I'm going to watch this entry into turn one because they're going to bust their butt. These things, they, they had no practice. They're going to be bottoming out. They're going to be all over the track. And they ran that thing and it was perfect. And then they went back and did it again on another track and it was perfect. I think one of the only tracks that I went to where we all said, boy, I tell you, no practice really showed up. Uh, that's when we went to Martinsville. And there were so many haves and have-nots. They were way off. There were some really good cars and some really bad cars. And then at the end of the day, they all kind of got back together. But I, I will tell you, man, just that, that no practice thing, it just really made me think, how can they do this? But they'd sit back in those shops and double-check and double-check and triple-check and make sure everything was right. So when they load that, unloaded that baby, they can be comfortable that it's going to run 500 miles without a failure.
1: We've got more of the top stories of 2020 on the way. Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World.
0: The year is 2019 and someone is waiting for a table at a restaurant.
11: Thompson, party of 4. Thompson, party of 4. Thompson, part Oh, there you are.
0: This has been The Sounds of the Old World, brought to you by Progressive. Where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019.
8: Quote today at progressive.com, progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates.
1: We've got more of the top stories of 2020 coming up. First, this is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
4: Victory Junction was young race driver Adam Petty's dream. He worked toward building a camp where children with serious medical conditions could concentrate on fun and not their illness or disease. When he died tragically, his family and friends around NASCAR made sure that dream came true. Today, Victory Junction is a camp that provides fun, life-changing experiences to children dealing with illnesses and disabilities, all at no cost to the camper. Help us serve more children by visiting victoryjunction.org. Join the Motor Racing Network every Tuesday night for NASCAR Live! Get the latest news and exclusive interviews from the biggest names in the sport. We're not going to build an empire in three months, but certainly we have visions in the years to come to build this into a big organization. Hear the thoughts and opinions from NASCAR insiders and much more. That may be some of
8: the best driving Brad Keselowski has ever done.
4: It's NASCAR live every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR's top 2020 stories continue on NASCAR Live. Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin dominate the season.
1: Harvick! Hamlin, one and two, racing for
7: the win here in Pocono. It's Harvick off turn three for the final time here at Pocono. Exiting the corner, he'll see the checkered flag go in the air, and Kevin Harvick wins the Pocono Organics 325 at the Pocono Raceway. It was the perfect
6: pit call that put Hamlin out front, and then Denny took it from there. Off three, final time, checkered flag waving at the start-finish line, and Denny Hamlin wins the Pocono 350.
1: Now back to Mike Bagley. Once we got back on schedule, there began the storyline of the dominance of Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin. It was amazing with Harvick winning on that date on that return that set that team in motion that they were going to have to be dealt with. And also Denny Hamlin stepped up to the plate, Alex. It was amazing to watch those two basically dominate the middle part of the season but as we got closer to the end, that's when we had the parting of company there between the two of them, and a whole different storyline erupted.
7: A pandemic shutdown or not, NASCAR Cup Series racing schedule is, is long. We're talking February to November. And to be able to maintain that high level of excellence that the four team and Kevin Harvick, the 11 team and Denny Hamlin, to, to expect that level of performance week in and week out, was something that's, quite frankly, kind of unheard of. I mean, at some point, you're going to have the ebbs and flows, the peaks and the valleys. Well, it didn't necessarily seem to have those chinks in the armor for either one of those teams until the playoffs came around, and that's when Kevin Harvick and that team just simply started to slide just a bit. They had their, their valleys, if you will, at the absolute worst time. Denny Hamlin and the 11 team, they did just enough. They stayed even, keeled through the playoffs, made it to the championship four, but, yeah, It's tough to sustain that high level of excellence for 38 weeks.
10: Kurt Becker? I think it was a a combination of factors. Uh, their, Their resumes, their level of experience in the sport, their own competitiveness, the way they challenge themselves, the teams for which they each drive. I think all of that taken together and the fact that both drivers, as their careers have gone on, as they've developed that level of experience, they, they have the know-how to adjust on the fly at virtually any type of racetrack, whether you're on a short track or a mile and a half or what have you. I think that with that said, what what the, the playoff structure revealed is no matter how good you are and no matter how many races you've won and no matter how many races you've won in a given season, you get down into the playoffs and this season did prove the fact that there, those are not guarantees. I mean, you, you think about the fact that uh, a driver like Kurt Busch, who's quiet most of the year, pops up and, and wins a playoff race. Or you think about a, a driver uh, like Joey Logano. Again, a fairly quiet season, a, a, a good season, a decent season, and all of a sudden he's the first driver to make it into the championship four. I know there's a lot of debate. And this year, especially, when you had two drivers in Harvick and Hamlin who were so dominant throughout the regular season, and there are folks who will say that should be rewarded. There are folks who say that if you're that strong in the regular season, you ought to get an automatic berth into the championship for I think it's the opposite, because for me, I will tell you, I wasn't at Martinsville. I was not there when everything was decided, and we, we were down to the last race, the final elimination race before heading to Phoenix. I listened to the MRN broadcast that day, and I got drawn in, and especially you got down to those last 50 or 75 laps with the scenarios changing constantly. And at one point in the last 20 laps, almost changing from lap to lap, that made that Martinsville race one of the most incredible events of the entire 2020 campaign. And whether people like it or not, and whether we all agree or not, that doesn't happen unless we have the current playoff system. How Ricky?
5: You have to be good at the right time. And and Denny Hamlin had a spectacular season. Kevin Harvick had a spectacular season. Hamlin's been in the Cup Series 15 years now. Kevin Harvick has been in the Cup Series 19 years, two of the most experienced drivers on the racetrack. And that's what played into their success this year. We saw Denny come out of the block strong with momentum, winning the Daytona 500. We saw Kevin come back out of the block strong right after the shutdown and and win at Darlington. And that momentum, for the most part, carried through the entire summer. But other teams caught up, and they weren't right at the right time. And that is in those later rounds of the playoffs. And unfortunately, you know, Denny said, our short track package hasn't been good all year. And unfortunately for him, this year's championship race was what was at what drivers call a short track at the Phoenix raceway and he ended up fourth and and you can, you could sense his displeasure post-race by saying, yeah, we finished fourth and now people are going to think we were the fourth best car all year when anyone that followed the entire season knows that that was not true. They, who was probably first or second, right up there with Kevin Harvick, right up there with Chase Elliott toward the end of the season. That's what the playoffs have brought to our sport. You have to be good. At just the right time. And as much as they dominated in the first 26, they struggled a little bit more than they did in the first 26 in the last 10. And, you know, we have a new champion, and it's not Harvick or Hamlin.
8: More of the top stories of 2020 coming up. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Hey, this is Steve Post, the Postman with MRN. You've heard the jingle, I've heard the jingle, and I tried a premium Queen Pillow. I've also tried the mattress topper and bed sheets as well, and I am sleeping like a champion. Right now, go to MyPillow.com, use promo code MRN, and they will take $40 off each pillow. That's down to $29.98, a small price to pay for a great night of sleep. And there's no limit on this offer, so get multiple pillows for yourself, and for those you love, they make great Christmas gifts. A good night's sleep makes life simply better, and this is the lowest price ever. Again, go to MyPillow.com, use promo code MRN, or call 800-893-0986. That's MyPillow.com. Use promo code MRN, or call 800-893-0986. Don't delay. Order now.
4: NASCAR's top 2020 stories continue on
6: NASCAR Live. They're pacing down the back straightaway, the super stretch, and turned it over now. ...to Jimmy
4: Johnson, who is now at the front of the field. Jimmy announcing his retirement. Seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champions Jimmy Johnson and crew chief Chad Kanaus retired.
7: Everybody was hoping to see Jimmy Johnson win here in his final full-time season, but you know what? Just to seem competitive in the top five, I think that's something we'll all take.
10: I just think of, of all the great people I've worked with, that I've worked for, people that have believed in me, pushed me. Um, and it's been a great journey, and it's been, been very fulfilling. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
1: When you look back at his career and when you look back at what Jimmy Johnson was able to accomplish, he was coming to the end in the oddest of years. He didn't have the opportunity to have that, that farewell from the fans. And I know Jeff, we've seen this before where we've had drivers in the past step aside and there was a lot of pomp and circumstance. As far as that driver's exit, it would eventually come in scarce numbers with fans But you have Jimmy Johnson, a seven-time champion, saying goodbye. And also, at the same time, the crew chief that Jimmy had a lot of success with, he decided to say so long, not leaving the sport, obviously going in the office there and in the shop at Hendrick Motorsports.
6: Well, you're talking about Chad Kanaus and Jimmy Johnson. And I think the thing that I hated the most is the fact that there were no fans there to celebrate with him in their final year. And let's talk about Jimmy Johnson for a moment, a seven-time champion, 83 Cup Series wins, but he hadn't won in two and a half years as he worked his way through 2020. And I think we all recognize that with or without fans, we all wanted to see Jimmy go to victory lane one more time, didn't care where it was, didn't care what the circumstances were, just get there. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. And I think as we recognize by watching the team and their performance, I think we all recognize that, okay, the win might not happen, but we're missing the fans because the fans wouldn't have cared. The fans would have cheered on lap number 48. They would have waved their 48 flags and their 48 hats, their 48 uh, uh, hats. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, But Jimmy, the class individual that he is, uh, certainly addressed that with – Everybody who was listening to our broadcast and certainly those that were following along on television. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is a class act and certainly somebody we're going to miss. And Chad Knauss, same exact thing. He's a class act and he's somebody that we're going to miss not seeing at the racetrack on a day-to-day basis.
1: Dave Moody?
9: We did the best we could, but the, the best we could was far less than what he deserved. He, he deserved uh, a Jeff Gordon or a Mark Martin style of send-off where every single week during driver introductions, they would they would haul him kicking and screaming up on stage against his will and do some kind of a schmaltzy presentation in front of a jam-packed grandstand full of people that would have saluted him and cheered him and sent him off in the manner that he deserved. Obviously, we didn't get to do that this year, on, on some counts, Jimmy being a, you know, an all-business kind of guy probably didn't matter all that much, didn't, didn't necessarily miss the schmaltz of it all, but, but we did. And, and it would have been nice, A, if somehow Jimmy could have gotten to victory lane this year. He came close in the final race of the season. But it sure would have been nice if we could have done like they did for Jeff Gordon and you know, send him home with a couple of ponies at some stop on the circuit just for the heck of it.
1: Rusty, what did you think about Jimmy's final season?
3: The last race of the year, he looked like Jimmy Old to me. I watched him come through the field. I watched him make pit stops, numerous stops, and adjust the car and get it better and better. And I watched him, and you know, when it was all said and done, he's right there. I think he finished fifth, didn't he? Had a, a great run. He went out and kind of a, I, I use the terminology going out on top of your game because when I, one thing I wanted to do when I retired, I wanted to go out and top my game. And when I went out, I, I didn't win that last year, but I had a lot of second-place finishes. I made the chase for the championship. I kind of went out on top of my game, and so it was good seeing Jimmy go out on top of his game. You know, I don't know. To me, he's still it's still a bit of a mystery to me about how he can be so dominant, and then all of a sudden, you could tell things were just not going right, and and it was going so wrong at one point that they they pulled Jimmy and and Chad apart, and that still didn't it, it didn't really fix anything. And, um but then you saw many times up in the booth, I'd say, here's Jimmy of old, here's Jimmy of old. And then all of a sudden, oh, gone, didn't close the deal. You know, then we saw in Phoenix, here's Jimmy of old, and he closed the deal. He had a great run. He looked real good, you know. So I think, I don't know, uh, racers, I think when they get in the ditch and they can't get going, I know I got in a ditch for a while there. I went like 70-some races before I won again. And you start questioning yourself and what's going on and what am I doing different? What am I doing different right now? versus when i was dominating and winning everything you know well if i'm doing something different i'm better change and not do that again you know so <laughs> i really don't know jimmy's life i don't know what he's changed or if he did anything at all or if it's just uh if the, the cars got different and, and just couldn't get the rhythm going again but I, I would say in closing he'd probably be one i wish i knew the answer of him you know i wish i knew the answer i I I did say that about Tony Stewart a little bit. You know, Tony is still so good. He's just such a great driver, but he'll tell you, too, that, you know, right before he decided to retire, things weren't going the way he wanted it to go, and and that's something you want to know what caused that, you know.
1: Jason Toy, Jimmy Johnson's longtime crew chief, Chad Knauss, also announced his retirement from the pit box. What do you think about his decision?
2: Chad, you know, um, (laughs) what can you say about Chad? The one thing about I will say about it, he's always he is intense when he's at the, on the racetrack. He's intense when he's in the garage. He's intense when he's uh, back of the shop in preparation. He strives for perfection, and he had a lot over over his career. Worked with William Byron, developing a young driver into the Hendrick stable that will continue to have a long career and we'll see a lot of wins in his way. But Chad, uh, going out the way he did. Um, I know he wanted to find back in, in the victory lane that went at Daytona back last year in the, uh, in the uh, later race, in the uh, you know, what was no used to be the July 4th race, but the 400, that was a huge deal for him and that program, but to have Chad take the steps that he's going to be doing and, and working with still with Hendrick Motorsports and, and kind of helping run the show over there. I think it was a natural progression. The guy is definitely a first ballot hall of famer when it comes to being a crew chief and definitely looking forward to seeing what he can do and, and continuing to build the race teams, not just the one team, but the race teams for Hendrick Motorsports.
1: Folks, that's all the time we have this week on the top stories of 2020. And there are so many more stories we didn't cover on this week's show. So we'll have part two coming up next week. I'd like to thank all my fellow MRN colleagues for joining me on this week's show. We'll have them back next week here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody.
4: NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian, Julian Council, and Rich Cobra. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.
11: This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home.